Hello, everyone, and welcome to Looking for Love in All the Wrong Dust Jackets, a show where three friends from college who've known each other for a minute or two are super excited to talk to you about romance, whether that's in books, TV, movies, anything you can imagine. Today, though, we are going to talk about, and I'm so excited, we're going to talk about <laughs> Queen Charlotte, a Bridgerton story. Of course, if you have not watched Queen Charlotte yet, we're talking about it all. So this is going to be all of the spoilers. Um, So please, please, please make sure you watch Queen Charlotte first if you want to. If you're like, I don't give a shit. Tell me what the tea is. Then keep on listening to us. So per usual, I'm going to start us off with our disclaimer, warning, whatever, that we are some crass biddies here who swear, talk about all of the dirty things. So be warned. Are you going to introduce us? No. They don't care about you. They care about Queen Charlotte. I mean, true. <laughs> My name is Liz. I'm Danny. And I'm Wiggles. There you go. I did it. Woohoo! Woo! Nailed it. So before we talk about Queen Charlotte, though, we have to talk about what other things have been going on in your lives as far as what are you consuming, reading, watching, whatever. I consumed Queen Charlotte. Fair enough. No, that's fair. Yeah, we are... Yeah. Going very quickly <laughs> from did. watching to recording. Yes. I I made one of my very best friends in the entire world since the first grade sit and do what I call an old lady day with me. And we watched all of Queen Charlotte together, which means I made her sit and eat a bunch of snacks with me. And we cross-stitched all day while watching Queen Charlotte. Nice. I binged that shit in a day. Like, <laughs> I mean, we well, did too. Yeah, I like sat down and I was like, guess what? <laughs> We're going to be up all night till this is done. <laughs> I also read um, For the Throne, which is the second book in the duology um, from Anna Witt- Witten? Witten, I think. Yeah, uh, if I'm wrong, too bad. And uh, it was it was pretty good. It was not as good as For the Wolf, which has better aesthetics, which is part of why I liked it. But, um, you know, it's not bad if you're looking for something that's, like, angsty and longing and, like, enemies to lovers, but, like, actual enemies, you know, not like the, like, we just don't, we're rivals. No, they're fucking enemies. Um, Oh, I do love a good, like, hate fuck enemy. Oh, they they hate each other for good reason. The guy fucked up and she really should not be with him. But I was still cheering it on from, like, page uh, nine or ten or something like that so there you go i finished reading lessons in chemistry by bonnie garmus um garmus garmus really got to get better at prepping for this and knowing people's names so i apologize <laughs> i didn't really know what i was getting into when i started reading it the writing style is interesting and unique she jumps around a lot but she does like breaks in her paragraphs to signify that she's jumping either between like like she's going forward in time or she's changing the, the point of view. I mean, like a good chunk of the book is t- told through the point of view of her dog. Huh. So it's really interesting. I liked it a lot, but it took me a while to get used to that like writing style. Fair enough. Mm. Fair enough. But I did like it. All right. Should we talk about Queen Charlotte now? Please. Please. I'm very excited. <laughs> Please. It's the prequel to the Bridgerton series. We're going to see how Queen Charlotte and King George got together. She gets 
basically shipped off by her brother to marry him because yay treaties and all that bullshit that is that comes with royalty and all that stuff and you basically get to see how their relationship goes and stuff and a lot of mental health issues but then the thing that I find really interesting is that it does jump back to like the now time and then also to the different points in which the original um, two seasons of Bridgerton are taking place so different points in that it's really good I'm really excited about it I I don't know if this tops season two for me but it's it's neck and neck I will never watch it quite the same oh right why don't why, I mean I think let's start with the characters yeah because the, the characters are what made this mm-hmm. amazing they picked I want to say they picked amazing actors for the like younger Queen Charlotte and yes. uh, younger Lady Danbury and like little Violet. Little Violet's very sweet. She's cute. Oh. She was very cute. What did you guys think of Queen Charlotte as our, our leading lady here? Major kudos to the actress playing her yeah. because I think she did a really good job mm-hmm. of showing like it's there's this thing that that happens several times throughout the show where you you get a harsh reminder of how young she actually is Mm -hmm. she's only 17 years old but she appears more mature and being able to show the vulnerability of somebody who's actually so much younger but um is given the responsibility that most adults would never understand because they don't just marry into being a ruler of an entire nation mm-hmm. you know i think that she did a really good job with that because every once in a while i'd be like she just seems older and then i'd be like boom she'd say something that was so childish and you were like yes you are only a teenager mm-hmm. oh my gosh well and she also gets thrown right into this because the way i interpreted it is basically her brother signs the treaty and ships her off no like preparation no learning how to be the queen no even mm-hmm. like time to learn what the customs and practices in england are mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah they just take her there and like and she's so ill-equipped i mean she's not ill-equipped for it she's a very educated person and everything but even you know she wore this ridiculously fashionable gown and everything to meet everything and immediately she gets criticized for the gown right the gown she didn't even want to wear yeah that was super uncomfortable and what a fun scene like my my little internal feminist uh person inside of me was ranting like yes those clothes aren't terrible right yeah fucking whalebone maybe i will move so so much that i get impaled by my undergarments i was like fuck yeah well that and then to have it followed by the scene where she's well montage where she's being um, prepped and dressed three different times a day yeah. um, to see nobody man that was really 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 successful because they hammered home the fact that like while she embraces fashion it's not necessarily something she actually loves but i did not see that in what is presented of the queen in the first two seasons of bridgerton yeah exactly well and, and just showing her as in a little bit softer light than mm-hmm. she is shown in the seasons of bridgerton because at this point at like at the point in the seasons of bridgerton she's been through a lot of fucking shit yes and like stuff that even didn't happen during the during the episodes of queen charlotte like you can only imagine the shit mm-hmm. she's gone through at this point well, and I think the the show did a really good job of writing and building young Queen Charlotte's character um, mm-hmm. and also the actress as well, because 
they needed to create somebody that could turn into the Queen Charlotte we see in the first two seasons, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. also, like, hasn't gone through the things that will turn her into it. Mm -hmm. And I think they did a really good job of presenting somebody that could become hardened or could become, I mean, honestly, a little jaded or a little removed. Um, And then explaining it, too, through, like, little moments, especially with Brimsley telling her, you are for, like, you are all about the king. That is your main goal and purpose and everything. And that is good, but also means that maybe you haven't been there for your children. He doesn't say that second part. Mm-hmm. It's very implied. But Well, he basically says that her, the reason his, her daughters haven't gotten married is because they don't want to leave her to just deal with the king. Yeah. Because it, mm-hmm. it has turned her into kind of a hardened person. She loves him. She loves him very much, but he is hard to deal with. And through no fault of his own. It's not like he's a no, dick. Yeah. It's just... He, he has mental health issues, which I was constantly trying to figure out what exactly. I'm kind of am thinking more on the like schizophrenia so side of things, but I did look it up and looked up what the the real King George had, which of course they didn't know then, so it's never it's not a true diagnosis, but mm-hmm. based on historical um, evidence, it is potentially that he has bipolar. Okay, um, that kind of makes sense then. And he has really severe manic episodes. That would, yeah, that would kind of make sense. Well, and the one of the treatments that they were giving him was arsenic. So they were literally fucking poisoning him and making it worse. Oh, no. Yeah. So obviously we're not seeing that in Queen Charlotte, Mm -hmm. but um, that, that would certainly contribute to these episodes increasing and getting even more severe. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, and they do kind of represent that, not necessarily the arsenic, but when yeah. he's going through his quote unquote treatments. Oh my God, the torture. Like, yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh my God. They show him That actor worse. deserves like an Emmy for that. Holy shit. Yeah, oh my God. And they show him getting worse through those mm-hmm. treatments, um, mm-hmm. which continues or just really highlights mental health treatments and, and, and mental health being something that we actually to focus on and give att- medical attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Angela and I talked about this when we were watching it is we, we wondered if because um, Queen Charlotte didn't seem to make her children do anything. Like she makes the kids at the ton do all this bullshit and stuff, you know, and until she like lost her granddaughter who was their only legitimate heir. Yeah. She really didn't force her kids to do fucking anything. And I think part of that is because George was basically told his entire fucking life that everything he did was going to be the destruction of the English empire. Didn't finish his peas. It's the tragedy of England, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think she believes, and I mean, it could be a little, a contributing factor. I think she believes that part of his problem is that for literally his entire life, the entire weight of the monarchy was on him and in a very real and thrown in his face way. And so I think she kind of coddled her children to a degree because she was afraid that the same would happen to her, to the kids. So you think that she swung the opposite direction, very classic, Yes. Uh, trauma response. Yeah, she overcompensated because she didn't want the kids to end up like George. She very much overcompensated because like not only like two of her kids are married mm. of the 15. With 13 living. 
13 living. Yeah. Three that are married. One just doesn't want to have anything to do with his wife. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. The the other thing that's and this is tricky, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Obviously, they took liberties because like, let's remember, this is the same King George that was like, we're taxing your tea. Yeah, no, like, I, I had that realization in the middle of watching it. I was like, oh, it's that George. It's the same George. And then all I could see was Jonathan Groff d- singing in Hamilton. You'll be back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, where did they choose to take liberties and where did they not mm-hmm. is a kind of a blurry line because King George until he like got to a point where the his son had to become the regent. Mm-hmm. He would have had total control over the marriages that get approved for his daughters. Well, and for his sons as well. That's implied when young George comes in and the the brothers are like, you can't make us get married. And because he's in charge. And she's like, Georgie, approve their marriages right now. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. And that's what the, the king would have been doing. Um, up until that point and one of the things that's kind of like rumored is that he didn't push marriages on his daughters because uh his mother had a rough marriage mm-hmm. and sisters i think also had a, had rough marriages that he did not want to enforce on them that's a rumor though like i don't think there's any like maybe there is and i would just need to do more research but i don't know if there's substantial evidence to back that up it is kind of implied too because his mother in the show um says that she had a real tough time in her marriage. And then when her husband died, her father-in-law was super abusive to her and Mm -hmm. to George. Mm -hmm. Which, by the way, what a bitch that woman was. Like, I got around to, like, not hating her entirely. But, like, at first I was like, oh, you a hoe. I hated her for the most of it. Up Mm -hmm. until like one of the last scenes and she's sitting with Lady Danbury and she's just like, you need to pull it together because our Mm -hmm. verbal tete-a-tetes, our verbal battles, not tete-a-tetes, battles are like the highlight. So you need to get it together. Yeah. And I loved that. I did. I disliked her a lot of the time. I also, it's really sad for a long amount of watching it going, who the fuck is she? Why can't I figure this out? She's Catelyn Stark Mm -hmm. from Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. And like, I instantly was like, you're somebody and I know you're somebody, but why can't I? And it took me till probably Mm -hmm. episode five. I didn't like her, but I, okay, I didn't like her as a person. Mm -hmm. As a character, I found her fascinating. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The idea of having to, I mean, really, she was fucking running the country. Mm -hmm. Let's be honest. George was off. Being Farmer George. Doing his thing. Being Farmer George, I guess. George. (laughs) and she kept him from the wolves really Mm -hmm. you you can't say that she wasn't a dedicated mother yeah no and she was trying Uh, to protect him and england because they couldn't mm -hmm. like in a way that would show weakness to the rest of the countries she needed to protect the country as well Mm -hmm. and she wanted to protect her son like i totally i respect the thought i Mm -hmm. dislike the process yeah that's the interesting thing always about watching any sort of regency shows or books or whatever is because our brains can go you know this is not how you protect your family or your son or whatever but then i have to be like but you're also protecting the entire country or, mm-hmm. or trying to in in your eyes if you're good some aren't so well it's just like so i disliked her reasoning Or need to do the great experiment. Mm -hmm. But I also understand the thought process behind it. 
Because, like, her whole thing was that, well, Charlotte's a lot darker than she thought she was. Which, again, ew, racism. But her idea was to, well, I'm going to raise up multiple families Mm -hmm. that are also like her in a hopes of uniting the entire country so that this doesn't become a problem. Again, dislike the reasoning. Don't hate the results. It's, you know, it's a fine line thing that I'm like, that's so racist. But at the same time, like, did a decent thing, Mm -hmm. but I don't like the the reason for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that it's always super easy for us to put this, like, veneer on it of, like, well, I would do better. And the reality is, given the circumstances she was working under, um, I don't... I don't, I don't know that other, a lot of other people could have her success. Well, and now, I'm also judging that by 2023 standards. You know, yeah. this was, this was not 2023. Right. Yeah. I would really like to talk about Lady Danbury. Oh, fuck yes, please. Yeah. She was amazing. That actress was so good. Oh, she was amazing. Yes. Of all of them, she felt the most like she was in complete symbiosis Mm -hmm. with the the modern lady danbury Mm -hmm. her modern counterpart i should say i'd like i just immediately before she even opened her mouth i was like that's lady danbury yep yeah for sure and the first time you see her she's getting fucked yeah by her nasty husband oh my god he's so old ew have you seen pictures of the actual man no he's hot as hell what he's hot as hell yeah the makeup team deserves like all the praise because like the actual guy smoking so what they did to him is criminal (laughs) 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 like oh my god like i get that he's supposed to be sort of the like mr collins but like jesus christ oh damn look him up he's hot oh damn cyril he's they really messed him up. Right? I was I was thrown. I was like <laughs> Excuse the fuck out of me. What what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Who hurt you? I find it really interesting that like Lady Danbury, we see her be not in love with all of their husband. In fact, she hates him is kind of the, mm-hmm. the implication. And I think she really just says that at some point. Yeah, she said she she remembers him in hate. But mm-hmm. I find it so interesting that that is what caused her to be so all about like love matches. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. she was she was jealous of being able to, um, of being able to love your husband. Yeah, well, especially after she had that little friendship that grew into something more with Lord Ledger, which was so fucking cute. I was like, this this is the romance that I wish I could see, but then it ended sad. Which makes sense. He was married. And Violet's dad. I don't remember at what point I realized that she was going to fuck Violet's dad. But I remember realizing it way earlier than the TV show like truly implied. And I was like, oh my god. It was like that moment when he asked her to dance at their ball, at the Danbury ball. And I was like, this is something. Right? Where is this going? And I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm, I've just watched too much Bridgerton and I assume everybody's fucking. Right? I know. I was kind of like, ooh, what is happening? I was instantly like, what's happening here? Please. And then I was right and I was like, goddamn. Wouldn't that be super scandalous? Not like him going to ask another married woman at a ball to dance? Or maybe I'm just not understanding the times. No, it's because he got the husband's permission. 
Yeah, oh, he asked okay. permission to, yeah. to dance with her first. And it, there is something yeah. to be said for him being a married man and her being a married woman where they mm-hmm. don't have as much sure. probably suspicion on that. Now, dancing with a single woman, absolutely not. Well, and she was also no. the hostess too. So yeah. it's like paying your, your respects, respects to the to hostess. Ho- to right. the hostess, yeah. Right. I love that we got to see how the Danbury ball became like the first ball of the season every year. I know. That was really fun. Love yeah. It. And how she got the house and everything. And yes. it was all through her little puppetry. Oh, all yeah. Of it. I love how she wasn't pulling any punches. I'm like, damn, Agatha. I didn't know that that was her first name at I don't first. I think anybody, I don't think we knew until this season that no. it was Agatha. I wouldn't be surprised if she didn't have a name before this. I, I don't believe so either. She might not have had a name, which is sad. Just, oh god I love her so much. I, I already was so greatly in love with Lady Danbury she yes. was always mm-hmm. one of my favorites but then watching how she like maneuvered her way through and got what she wanted I was like fuck yeah and it really does um put more reverence on the fact that um in the second season when uh the main character I'm so sorry Kate, Kate yes thank you when Kate is like but I want what you have and she's like I earned my spot and Boy, did she. Like, when she oh. was telling how oh, she yeah. grew up purely to be Lord Danbury's wife. Like, oh, yeah. That was so oh, gross. From, like, three years old, she said she was originally, like, promised to him. I'm like, uh-huh. this is nasty. But, I mean, it happened, but also nasty. And the fact that we, Angela and I giggled so hard every time she got in the bath. Oh, yeah. She's like, yeah. Eh, he surprised it. You're supposed to give me warnings. I hope he doesn't put another, one of his huge babies inside me. That cracked <laughs> me that. up. She so has hard. four children by the time mm-hmm. we see her in this. Mm-hmm. Well, so that's something I want to talk about because I think they did Lady Danbury a little wrong in that regard because the way she talks about her children yeah. is not that far askew from the way she talks about her husband. She is not a mother right she barely sees these kids and that doesn't really improve much throughout the show so there's nothing to imply that she's had a change of heart and now loves her kids in fact she's like says she's grateful that they all moved away from her Mm -hmm. but then in bridgerton she's not she takes on simon Mm -hmm. and then like becomes godparents uh, a godparent to um their kids and it's like, where does this energy come from that you have this for a friend's child, but not your own? I feel like they set her up in a way that doesn't make sense. And I think the reason that they did it wasn't about Lady Danbury and was about trying to make us not have icky feelings about the way Queen Charlotte treats her kids. But the yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but yeah. in the show, at the very least, she never references her kids. Her kids are never around so it makes mm-hmm. me think that maybe the reason she cares so much about Simon, A, is because she was best friends with his mother, but B, is her trying to fix how much she fucked up her own kids. The thing is, Simon's not that much younger than her kids, though. Do we know that? Yeah, because... We, we can so, timeline-wise. So um, the maid that, that like does all the like um, heating up of her bathwater and stuff, mm-hmm. when she mentions that they've been invited to the coronation and... Um, that she said several other people had been invited. One of them was the Bassets, which is Simon's parents. Right, but what, I, what I'm saying is we don't know if Simon's even been born at this point. No, and I don't he think he was. He because no. she dies in childbirth. So he wasn't right. alive yet. And they tried for a really long time. Mm-hmm. But let's say Simon's approximately five years older than Daphne. 
at least in the show i don't think there's as much of an age gap in the book but um let's let's put five to put a nice round number on it so lady danbury her kids are the oldest is four years old right now so even if we assume that this is 10 years down the road that this happened like her kids are teenagers mm-hmm. you yeah, know what i mean point, like they would all be shipped off, shipped off to school yeah the girls maybe not but the boys school. would be i don't think she had any girls i think she had all boys still the point the the point stands where did she become a mother it, and it very well could be that because she had such bitter feelings, I'm not excusing this, this is a horrible way to be, very well maybe because she had so many bad feelings towards her husband that she just didn't have affection for her children. Yeah, it's hard, but I could definitely see because you would see that as like a burden, something you never wanted, or at least didn't want with that person. Mm-hmm. And it would be harder to have love when you see it as your, I don't know, not curse, but something similar to that. And as far as with like her dealing with Simon is concerned, you know, she took him on a little bit, but she didn't like raise him. He didn't come live with her. No, they but the way of, she treats him is yeah. nothing compared to the way she treats her own son. Correct. But I think I honestly believe that it's probably a little bit that she resents her children because she hated her husband. No, and I'm sure that's what it is. And Wiggles, I agree with you because the entire time, as far as not them doing a disservice, but just like that is the one like mark on the Lady Danbury character mm-hmm. is is her mothering or lack thereof. Well, and like I said, I feel like she, she had to be that or we needed something to balance it out so, to make it okay for the queen to treat her kids the way she did. Well, and I will, I do want to point out too that this is also um, a time period where you were encouraged not to be around your children. Yeah. The, the Bridgertons are weird. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing though is if we think about it, Lord Danbury, her son, is never around in the other Bridgertons. No. So wouldn't he be around taking care of the estates and stuff? That's one of the like vague plot points that's sort of happening in the background with Lady Danbury is this whole thing of, okay, they've been granted this lordship. Does it pass to mm-hmm. her son? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so I assume that she's, you know, like having it passed to her instead of having it passed directly to her son. I mean, m- yeah, but we do know that eventually it does because that's how Simon gets his right. title. Yeah. So I think it's when Lady Danbury dies, then the her son become, we'll like officially over. has to step into his lord status. It could also be a thing where like his son's just not, her son's just not married yet either because like Violet was Viscountess Bridgerton until Anthony got married. Right. Well, no, but he, okay. Yes, but he was still the Viscount. Yes, he was. Mm-hmm. So there is still a Lord Danbury somewhere. Yes, it's just, it's her oldest son yeah. is Lord Danbury. And she's still Lady Danbury, but I think that's because he hasn't gotten married yet. I think she would still be Lady because she doesn't have like a, yeah, like a counter and, you know, those kind of titles. Yes. But um, I think also there's a big difference in somebody being forced to take on that role as a four-year-old and someone being forced to take on that role as a Mm 19-year-old and so i assume that she's been essentially his regent yeah in place of him for a long time and that he just hasn't come to to claim yeah you know what i mean because he knows it's coming to him eventually so he's just letting her his mother like do her thing thing. she's so argumentative too they probably don't want to deal with it (laughs) well i assume it's a very similar situation to what we see with 
the queen and her children mm-hmm. uh, and her ability to just tell them what to do. Yeah. Because you're getting married. Technically, her <laughs> oldest son, George, is in charge of everything because mm. King George is incapacitated, which I always assumed was Alzheimer's until this, <laughs> this season. Oh, I did, too. I thought it was Alzheimer's as well. Um, guess I, not. I didn't realize that that was happening until um, it, she was having the conversation with um, Brisby. Brimsley. Brimsley. Thank you. I'm so sorry. Brimsley. No, that's okay. Um, then until she was having the conversation with Brimsley, it happened when you were so young. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean it happened when you were so young? I thought he had Alzheimer's. Like, I instantly, like, stopped and stared. <laughs> like, wait a minute. What happened? What? It can't have happened when they were young. They had fucking 15 children. Did they hate fuck all of them into existence? Because that's what they're doing currently. So he is historically known as Mad King George. So outside of the context of the show is true. So I was prepared, I guess. I just didn't, I didn't realize until she, until his mother made the comment about the taxing of the Americas that was that George. Yeah. uh, My brain just didn't want to put the two puzzle pieces together. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, wait, that's that George? This season of Bridgerton, I think, is so just so different than all of the other ones mm-hmm. because we already know the ending. And while you, I get, I mean, you know the ending in the other ones, like Simon and Daphne end up together, Kate and Antony end up together, but this one is, you know, the ending, and it's not happily ever after. Yeah, no. So the entire time you're watching it, you're just like, this is gonna end bad, well, or at least sad. It- And they wrapped it up into so many, like, confusing moments where you weren't really sure what was happening. Because, like, when he just, like, leaves her at the, at the house, like, I was like, Mm -hmm. I don't get it. Like, he was, he was happy to see her. They had the cute little tete-a-tete in the garden where she tried to climb over the wall to get away from him, you know, and all of that stuff. And I'm like, I don't get it. They were getting along so well. I know that. What is happening? Episode four, when they tell that whole thing from his perspective, I'm just like, oh, shit, this is real dark. Yep, yep. What did you guys think about that, though? Because personally, I get that the big reveal probably was more impactful if you didn't already know history, like the Mm -hmm. history of King George, right? But like, I, I don't think that the reveal was worth a whole episode. I wish that had been in there from the beginning in in all these little moments, because I would have much rather, rather than re-seeing the entire thing that we've already watched all over again in an episode, had more details, more information that was new and fresh and, like, about other characters. See, and I kind of liked it. I liked the way that they did it. I'm on the fence because first couple of episodes were a little confusing when he just all of a sudden came back and was like, oh, now we're together and now I'm going to move in with you and everything's going to be happy again. So like his motivations were super confusing to watch. Mm -hmm. And I thought at first it was just really bad writing. And then when we get to episode four, it all like comes together. Yeah, it all clicked into place. Um, But that also meant that episode four was a massive drag. Yes. Yes, it was. And it was slow because you already knew what was happening. It was you were just seeing it from the other side but like if you were determined to keep it to six episodes which clearly they were Mm -hmm. i would have much rather that you spent that episode giving me new information did we need to see it absolutely we needed to see all of those moments but it was just such a drag and here's the thing i've been holding back as much as i possibly (laughs) can but we're talking about brimsley (laughs) Fuck yeah, let's And I wanted Brimsley. more Brimsley and Reynolds. Oh. So I loved them so much. much. They were my favorite. 
Oh, I, oh my God. I wanted more of it, but I liked the fact that we only got a little bit of it because it made it feel like we were living it with them because they only got yes. little tiny stolen moments. It was their secret moments. Oh, so. yeah. Oh. It was so good. The moment where he like pulled his hand away because they were upset with each other and then mm-hmm. it like actually came back and was like, uh, like I've never been so excited to see two people touch hands. I know. Right? I like, I literally cheered. Like I scared the fucking dogs. (laughs) I loved like the first time that they like really got together because I was just, I was in that moment of this is the Brimsley that I have hated up until now. And now you're telling me that I love Brimsley. Right. (laughs) I need a beat. (laughs) I need a moment to deal with this. The whiplash was strong. Oh yeah. Because (laughs) I didn't hate Brimsley like you did, but I like didn't think about him. I just thought he was like, you know. He's a gossip. A funny little background character, like whatever. constantly around the queen, you know. I didn't hate him, but I was just like, you're annoying and in the way. And now for every other season of of Bridgerton, I'm just going to be like, Brimsley? Where's Brimsley? Brimsley in the back there? What are you doing, Brimsley? What are you doing, Brimsley? You best believe I'm going to rewatch seasons one and two just for Brimsley now. Right. I know. I already kind of have. I haven't actually watched whole episodes, but when I was trying to figure out what happened to Reynolds, I like fast forward and through. I was like, where is he? (laughs) (laughs) Could not rest. I was like, we have to know. Where is our boy? Because what the fuck was that final dance? I was ripped in half. Yep. I literally at one point said to Angela that if they don't tell me what happened to Reynolds, I'm going to table flip something. And then they didn't. Did you table flip? No, because her boyfriend's table is way too heavy. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very large, very heavy table. I tried. I failed. And then the dog looked piteously at me. I will say, as somebody who balls, I, I am a very emotional person watching this. I did not cry at the end of it. Oh, I did. And it was, I did. It was that kind of crying where, so there's crying like it's like, <laughs> like the hiccups, and you're about to like, oh mm-hmm. my god, cry. And then there's the crying where yeah. you're just like, bla- like you're just like face is blank, but tears are just streaming. streaming. And that was yes. me towards the end. Tears and snot. It was <laughs> not a pretty sight. I had like one single tear that slid down my cheek during the end when she's like, when she like crawled under the bed. Oh god. <laughs> That scene. Which was just adorable and beautifully done because it like kept shifting to the younger versions and the older versions I of them. Loved it. Loved I'm the directing. I'm honestly getting on that. a little teary eyed right now. I wish I was kidding, but I'm Ooh. not. Like, I'm like, oh my God, that scene. It was beautifully shot. But it's adorable because she knew what made sense to like drag him out of it a little mm-hmm. bit. And I'm sure with his age being his age at this point, mm-hmm. Alzheimer's might also be a factor in this. Yeah. Well, and just in general dementia. Yeah. You know? And there isn't anything that says somebody who's bipolar can't also have dementia. Right. Like, no. I'm sure he probably has both at this point. And because he didn't remember their daughter dying in the first season of Bridgerton. That's like really the first chance we get to see his quote unquote madness. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about that part and and makes it sort of highlight what Brimsley does end up saying um, in terms of like kind of reminding the queen that you are frozen in time you mm-hmm. are here for the king right when I went back and watched that she's not sad at hearing him bring up their daughter mm-hmm. he's she's sad that he is bringing up her daughter and does not remember she's gone yeah she's almost sad for him because he's feeling the pain all over again right yeah. Right. 
And at the time I was like, wow, that's just that's just so sad. I can't imagine having your husband accuse you of harming your child who has died. And mm-hmm. now I'm like, oh, your whole world spins on his access. Yeah. Right. It seems so cold every time like somebody comes to see her about the king and she's like, is he dead? Yeah. And I feel it is a little cold. But after dealing with it for all of these years through 15 pregnancies, probably over because I'm sure she lost a few as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand people when they say that like they feel a little relieved after the loved one dies and then they feel horrible because they say that. But the fact of the matter is, is that's a natural and very valid response. Mm-hmm. When you've been dealing with something like this. Well, you're in limbo until they do. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Brimsley says is you are just stuck. stuck. And that's what I love about him because he tells hard truths to her. She is the queen when of his fucking country. It. Yeah. And he will flat out tell her, yes, it's when she asks for it. But she really doesn't hold him back on that kind of thing. The only other person that really does that, other than the Dowager Princess, um, who has obviously passed away by the time we get to see the the older Queen Charlotte, was Lady Danbury. Mm -hmm. And that is a question Mm -hmm. that I don't know the answer to yet, is how did they go from being like the friends they were at the end of the show, at the end of this season, to friends but colder in the future like this is i think true of both brimsley and lady danbury if you disagree like feel feel free to jump in here but when we see lady danbury and the queen interacting other than this season they're in public when we see them come in and she says is the queen is the king dead right Mm -hmm. she's in public she's got this like hardened persona for the public but you'll notice that she's vulnerable when she brings in just violet and lady danbury she's like i don't know what to do with my kids yeah right the one time she like asks if the king is dead is um when she asks brimsley and she's in her private quarters and she wakes up in a panic right Mm -hmm. i think with them she can be vulnerable but not where there are, are public eyes that will condemn her for it the king essentially be cast aside she doesn't have the benefit anymore of being anything other than the hardened badass she has to be i would agree with that and it also just years and years of having to deal with it might have hardened her in in a lot of ways kind of agree with you that it's probably a public mask because like she has the really soft moments too like when she's dealing with the king when it isn't in public it's it's you know we believe what you believe in that reynolds is the older gentleman that took the king away when he freaked out which i do I hope so. I believe in my theory. I think, you know, those are the people that have been around them constantly. So that is not considered public to her anymore. Those are the people who are just constantly surrounding them. You get used to it. Yeah, maybe she does allow herself to be a little more vulnerable in front of those people. But when she's in front of the ton, no, she has to be completely the one in charge at all times in all moments because... She also is kind of in a little bit of a tumultuous situation because the Mm -hmm. king is not really there. And so her whole status sits on the fact that the king is the king. Right. And so she kind of has to keep control of everything. You know what I mean? Well, she doesn't have anyone there to protect her anymore. The king obviously can't. His mother is not filling in that void Mm -hmm. of dealing with that group of men trying to run everything she doesn't have anyone it also makes so much sense that she is desperate to check out with her her snuff yeah and and things like that Mm -hmm. and desperate for a distraction 
Yeah, because she's and wants to like live vicariously through the incomparables, which I did think was really interesting that we get the first use of that word. You are incomparable when they first meet. Mm -hmm. Yes, that was very nice. And so I imagine that she created that the incomparable, the diamond of the season as a desire to live vicariously through the people of the tongue. Well, yeah, because she also didn't get the option. She didn't get to choose her spouse. Mm -hmm. Like, she ends up loving him, absolutely, but she didn't get to choose this. Mm -mm. But getting back to the the people that I really want to talk about, um, Rimsley (laughs) Uh, and Reynolds, one of my favorite things about them is that they were these little matchmakers pulling the puppet strings on those two. Oh, hell yeah. The fact that that he stole that fucking dog from from the doctor Uh, yeah that That was was great that was great i i do love that they did so many callbacks to the other seasons like oh it's her first dog and we've always seen her with all of these little pomeranians yep yes um constantly has pomeranians and he gave her a dog well, I saw this really great explanation on a TikTok video. I wish I could remember who created it, but I, I don't. They were saying that the reason that the queen dresses so behind in period is because she wants to appear as much like she did when her and George were first courting so that he remembers who she is. Oh, that's sad. Oh, that just... You didn't have to come in here and devastate me on a Tuesday afternoon. Thank you very much. That just broke my cold, dead heart. Goddamn. Right? It makes (laughs) a lot of sense, though. Because her clothes look nothing like the rest Mm -hmm. of the ton most of the time. It's always very at the time period of when they got married and everything. Right. Yeah. And there's just so many little things like little nuggets like that. What I don't understand is how she wears those damn wigs. Like just watching it hurts my head and my neck. Right? She complained about the crown. I'm like, you have the hugest fucking wigs. Isn't that thing heavy? I, the actress who's who's playing her must be like, as soon as they call cut, she's like, get it off. Because <laughs> those are huge. Oh my God, they're so oh tall. My How God. does she walk? Poised, I guess. I mean, most of the time when they do show Queen Charlotte when her hair is cray cray, she does not walk. She's usually she's sitting a lot. She's usually sat somewhere where she could be the center of the thing. I did think it was interesting. So they show um, his mother. She's all like dress blown out over the couch and everything sitting in the middle of the couch with the dress like draped out through the couch. And that is exactly how Charlotte sits when she's older thing. And I'm like, yeah, you know what you did. I didn't catch that. So back to Brinsley. Yes. Uh, Yay. they're so cute i'm genuinely in love with that couple Mm -hmm. and will i know if if my theory is proven wrong i will literally riot (laughs) it better be proven wrong by a better version of events that's all i'm saying i'm just saying i will do an actual table flip god damn it one of my favorite scenes is actually when they are setting up for the queen's ball because they're just like bickering and Reynolds is like, nothing's perfect. And Brimsley's like, it's fine. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, you guys, you're bickering like a real couple. Like, uh, yes. Yeah, they're so couple. They're so cute. Yeah, like a little married couple. Okay, so them together is amazing, right? Yeah. But them with their respective monarchs is also amazing. Mm-hmm. The way that Reynolds is so willing to dive into the fray yeah. and like, Clearly wanted to do it way before he did, but had to, like, recognize his station. Mm-hmm. And finally, like, that's not enough for him. He's like, I'll lose my job, might lose my life, but I'm going in there. You can't keep doing it to this, to this man. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. Well, you see that Reynolds knows everything about him, too. Like, yep. he's yes. there whenever he has his fit. So you have to imagine Reynolds is one of the people that 
is constantly pulling him out as much as he can or at least taking care of him in those situations mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. they have to have like a as much as like a king and his man can have a friendship they have to have a pretty close friendship you yeah. think well and they yes. do kind of show that because like the king is giving reynolds shit at the ball i know about I wanting him to drink with him for once <laughs> and i was like oh my god that's adorable <laughs> I know, that was good. It's not like Reynolds and Charlotte have like a relationship, mm-hmm. but I also think he deeply cares about her because he wants to protect her from George. Not that he really thinks George is going to hurt her, but they mentioned all these things about how when George came to live with her, all of a sudden all of the knives were dull and everything was locked and everything. And like, I believe really that the only one who could have done that was Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And he would be I th- the one to know to to get that right stuff done. she yeah. goes yes. and yells at the queen but i think the queen genuinely didn't know anything any of that had happened i don't think so either i think it was reynolds and i think that's because he he doesn't want anything to happen to her he likes her he wants her to have a relationship with george yeah because they th- those two are the puppet masters between their behind their relationship because like maybe a token or whatever and then i love the mm-hmm. <laughs> you're late your token has short legs. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's also, to your point, Danny, there's a line in there where Brimsley is worried about Charlotte and asks Reynolds, well, do you think that the king's doctor should see her? And he says, absolutely not. Yep. Like instantly angry about it. He's like, no, sh- no, absolutely not. He wants that man nowhere near her. Right. And I was like, oh, Reynolds. I know, right? Oh, Reynolds, be still my heart. You love your man's charge because, yeah, like, he cares. Yeah. Well, and Brimsley with the queen, that moment where he, like, puts his hand out. Oh, and, like, oh my he God. Can't that is, really that is a moment her. where I couldn't, like, I couldn't breathe. I was like, oh, I know you can't, but please put your hand on her. Like, just. She needs the comfort. Well, especially because we saw Reynolds do that to the king mm-hmm. in, like, the episode before, or, or maybe the one before that. And so it was, it was just a lot of really good mirroring mm-hmm. of different mm-hmm. scenes and different moments. It was great. Well, it shows how close that Reynolds has been right not just allowed but like forced to be with the king, given the circumstances, mm-hmm. because he shouldn't be doing that either. <laughs> No. No. What did you guys think of George? Like, we've talked about his mental illness yeah. a lot, but, like, what did you think of him, like, outside of that? I like I did, too. He was so cute sweet. little, like, Id- idiosyncrasies, and mm-hmm. he was he was very sweet, and he liked to share his likes with her and everything. And he, like, I don't know, he just felt like a real person mm-hmm. not just like this figurehead he was like oh i like to look at the stars and i i care about farming because our people need to eat so we need to be better at farming and i'm just like mm-hmm. you seem wonderful right you like science and you get into your obsession like until i realized really what was going on i was like did he adhd get super hyper focused on fucking venus for a couple of <laughs> nights and that's why he left her on their wedding night is that what happened because i'm not finding that a valid excuse but it's also one i completely understand <laughs> he was so charming in that garden scene i was uh, like i could yeah i wouldn't go over the wall either yeah, if that no. was the man that came right up to me. I'm like all right right um, and he the pulled the charm out into her real dress. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know how she did it that quickly and yeah, changed her hair. I'm like that's yeah, no. how do you do that? You have servants. Even servants can't do it that quickly. (laughs) 
one of the things that I found particularly great about him, for example, when he's bringing her back in and he's like, hey, I've decided to be with you now. And he shows up at dinner and takes her to the observatory and he's like, look at the planets. Isn't it cool? And she's like, yeah, sure. Um, (laughs) When he's doing all of that, he's talking about how selfish he is, fully knowing that he's been staying away from her for selfless reasons. Mm -hmm. And I think that he has a good self-reflection on how the things that he has done has hurt her mm-hmm. even it, even if it did have the best intentions like that doesn't necessarily excuse it right and i'm like i swear to god shonda rhimes you've switched from giving us characters who look really good on the surface but the second you look closely at them you're like oh no like mcdreamy mcsteamy owen hunt fuck them people right yeah yeah. And now you've completely done a 180 and you are now creating fictional, fictional men. Like they don't exist even in fiction. It's you true. have created <laughs> men that will never, ever, ever exist. And I'm honestly a little bit mad about it because you know what? No one is ever going to tell me he can't breathe when I'm not near. <laughs> yeah. No one is ever going to do that. I would do so many naughty things. To- oh. Can we talk about their hate fucking? Because I really enjoyed it. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> like, they, they clearly heard the day. complaint about season two of Bridgerton. And they were like, understood, noted. Got right. it. We'll do better next More time. More fucking. More <laughs> fucking. And lots of tub fucking this time. That's yes. true. That's uh, true. The, the one where he, she's like struggling with her dress and he just says, get Just in. get in. I'm like, I'm like oh, <laughs> oh, sir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, the hate fucking was my favorite because they're just so fucking pissy with each other. And they're like, ah, it's an even day. We don't have to do it on every day, even day. And then from Reynolds. Well, we did make an agreement. We did Reynolds and Brimsley (laughs) puppet mastering these two. (laughs) They're like, no, actually you need to fuck today. (laughs) We did agree on even days. Yeah, but we didn't. We did agree on even days. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it, Reynolds. Oh, my God. Oh, gosh. The one where they were, like, literally in front of all of their servants eating. Oh, on the kitchen the table. Dinner table. The dinner table. Oh, yeah. yes. And Reynolds and Brimsley are like, get out, get out, get out, get out. I'm just <laughs> like, oh, my God. But they waited so long to do so. I'm like, guys, dismiss the fucking men. <laughs> They need. They want to go so badly at this point. They're so awkward. I feel like I got a lot of emotional whiplash as Queen Charlotte changed how she was interacting with King George. But mm-hmm. looking like back at it in retrospect, I think it makes perfect sense. The coming over and being not wanting to be there, meeting a man who seems like somebody you could at least get along with, and then he disappears, and then you're alone by yourself. You're 17 so you're not emotionally stable and supposedly on your honeymoon right and your expectations are very different than reality and then all of a sudden you get up the gumption to go yell in his face about it and then he finally shows back up and then it's like well actually no fuck you never mind now i'm angry again like no that makes perfect sense that your like reaction would just be all over the place Mm -hmm. especially at 17 years old oh yeah you're hot and cold like on your best days and then you add in all that other fuck shit no well and she's just (laughs) so confused because he he's not communicating well it's hard when your mother is telling you not to yeah well yes 
And then, you know, there's the misunderstandings where she hears him yelling at his mother and he she thinks that he's saying that he doesn't want to be with her and that's not what he meant. It's him basically saying, I've, I've, I've done everything you've ever fucking asked me to. Shut the fuck up. Right. You know? Well, and then when he has his first, like, episode that you see and Reynolds gets the doctor and everything and he's like, Charlotte, and he's like, she'll never know. And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like, she gets whiplash because she ne- he never fucking tells her what's going on well and she's so isolated because her yeah. brother literally is just like peace after she got married right here and I'm, here is where you belong now it's just like come on adolphus what are you doing he just pieces <laughs> out to to germany again you're like what the fuck not even gonna make sure that she's gonna actually be like taken care of right did, okay speaking of him did you get any actual like chemistry between him and danbury because i did not no. no not at all i can see why especially in that time he would have just been like oh you maybe but i didn't know i didn't really get any chemistry especially especially after the lord ledger chemistry oh i loved right. the Lord ledger chemistry I want to go rambling with him. I really loved it because especially Lady Danbury, she after outside of her husband, she had Lord Ledger, who is an attractive older man, but definitely an older man. Mm-hmm. And then Prince Adolphus, who is a very attractive age appropriate man. Mm-hmm. And just mm-hmm. the idea of her falling for Lord Ledger because he wanted to go on walks with her and look at nature and just like be friends. Yeah. Enjoy, I, enjoy conversation together and yeah. everything. It was like that, that melted my little cold heart. Right. Yeah, me too. I was like, oh, well, I think there's also this aspect of of it where he isn't available Mm-mm. the most it could ever be is an affair yeah he's not gonna ask her to marry him and uh obviously lady danbury is done with that shit mm-hmm. and kudos to her yep. yeah <laughs> one of the things i said while i was watching it was like i don't approve of cheating but i want them to bang i want them to bang so badly and then they did and then they did it's different rules when your husband's that guy when your husband is a cross between a skeleton and like albert einstein it's different. She's just such a cunt. Lord Danbury? No, no, uh, Violet's mom. Oh, Lady, Lady Ledger. Ledger. Oh, I was talking about Lord Danbury. No. <laughs> Yeah. yeah god. Oh god, Lord Dansbury was so gross. But I do love that they showed tiny little moments where there was like a bit of tenderness between Lord and Lady Danbury. Yeah, where she's trying yeah. to, yeah. you know, she does things for him, trying to make him happy. Well, and it just shows that things aren't black and white. Mm-hmm. You can hate somebody, but if you're stuck being married to them, you're not going to be a dick to them all the time. Right. Yeah. Well, and I, there's also a self-serving aspect of it too. Oh, sure. Right? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, sh- her station is entirely tied to his Mm -hmm. um her status is his so yeah i will say the fact that he died fucking her oh my god that was so awkward (laughs) so awkward (laughs) i was just like the second like he stopped moving i was like oh my god he he died he died fucking her and then when she did get down with lord ledger and she made him like switch positions so that she couldn't see the ceiling of the bed anymore well i think she made him switch positions to erase all of her memories of the previous positions in Mm -hmm. that bed with lord danbury Mm -hmm. which and she does it in a way that she gets to take charge yeah which was awesome and Get then she girl. has all these discussions later on with Violet about how now that her husband's gone and everything, she wants to prune her garden and I lots of, <laughs> watch am, it blossom. I am so excited because that has to mean in season three that there is some sort of Violet Bridgerton romance sexual experience oh, so. storyline. <laughs> 
there has to be. I hope so, because Daphne and and them were not super old when Edmund died. No, no, no. Uh, Daphne was 10, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Hyacinth is 10 in, in the first season of Bridgerton, yeah. and she was born shortly after Edmund died. Yeah. And so it's like. Well, Anthony's 19. We know that. Mm-hmm. So. And so like. But she been alone. They could have gotten married when she was like 18. Yeah. So she'd been alone 20. for quite a while And you assume now. that they did because it sounds like they had a whirlwind young love romance. Yeah. They said. Mm-hmm. She said that they've known each other since they were kids. I was a little disappointed in that, that, you know, they showed young Violet that they didn't show young Edmund as well. I wonder if that's because we will get a young Violet and young Edmund story at some point. Ooh, that would be lovely i, I would feel that. like that's got to be in the works because yeah. both when shauna rhymes and um what is the book's author's names why can't i why am Julia i blanking Quinn. that's the one um <laughs> both of them when asked in an interview which one they would do they were like violet and they gave us a lot of young violet mm-hmm. which they really didn't need to she didn't move the story along too much other than just to show why Lord Ledger maybe didn't pursue an affair with Lady Danbury. Yep. And to mm-hmm. see the awkwardness between the two of them in public. Yeah. Well, and now gotta have this awkward tension where like Violet knows yep. that Lady yeah. Danbury fucked her dad and like They like stalemated each other and that was hilarious. We're like, nope, we're just done with this. I'm excited if they do a Violet and Edmund story. Oh, same. Especially because you then we'd get more of young Lady Danbury, I'm sure. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And so many of these other characters that... That was my one thing when well, the show Lady ended. Lady Mary from season two. Right. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. That was the thing when the season ended. I was like, I hope they're doing something else with these actors because I loved all of them. They right? were so good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So fucking good. Um, I have a random comment just because I loved it so much. Mm-hmm. I loved the fact that when... They were talking about the Lady Danbury, or excuse me, the Danbury Ball, the very first one, and all of the wives wouldn't go. Mm-hmm. That it just like stopped everything. Like because the wives didn't want to go to this ball, it stopped government. It stopped the husbands. And I was like, this is a very nice Liz Estrada moment. There's, I mean, it literally, yeah. the literally one of the like heads of the English government yeah. said, "Happy wife, happy life." right oh yeah it's like oh my god how dare you sir well it kind of almost makes me angry the more i think about it though because it's like if you have the power to change that you can bring the government to a halt and Mm -hmm. then you're gonna just throw a fit over a fucking ball okay (laughs) (laughs) well one country did actually do that sweden there's a country that literally had a like um a women's strike one day oh yeah where they just no woman went no women went to work no women did any of the housework did nothing i mean i would love to see us do that but the problem is like we have a society that's so entrenched in capitalism Mm -hmm. that there's no way that some people can afford to make that choice yeah no i i get it but yeah they they actually like crippled the government for a day and then they had to change laws in the country because guess what you do actually oh when we're half of your population yep anyway we're going down a political path back to bridgerton back to to bridgerton (laughs) (laughs) we can dream of revolution later on I mean, this this is the character to fight against. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> Get my patriotism going. Uh, I'll dump your tea. <laughs> they they really gave every character mm-hmm. a purpose, 
And that was really great because one of the things that the other Bridgertons kind of suffer from is that you always want a little bit more of everybody else's story if they're not the main characters. Yeah. But you can't have it because we don't have time for that. Right. Yeah. I would love to know more about what Colin was off doing, what Benedict was doing with his various art things or like what are even the what is even Francesca what is Francesca yeah she's almost never there well it's because she's not there yeah she's she's right Scott not yet I don't think no she's she's often like some like prep school thingy yeah Yeah. she's being taught like the pianoforte or whatever yeah I'll be interested to see how her story plays out with all the changes I'm also like really curious to see how much is going to actually change looking ahead historical time-wise wise um at the end we get introduced to the fact queen victoria is literally in the womb she's coming Mm -hmm. yay right except no not yay because the queen dies Mm -hmm. so like real world in real world yeah and then two years after Charlotte dies, George dies. So the other reason oh, I, I think they might be... She doesn't know. He pretty much gets abandoned for the last two years of his life. Pretty tragic, actually. Oh, sorry. That just depressed me hard. Okay, sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm only here with facts. Um, Timeline-wise, we maybe have a year left with her. Mm-hmm. Well, not even, you know? So we have maybe one more season. And if they're doing a jump ahead, the queen might not even be there. No, but I love that actress. She does such a good job. One thing that we haven't really talked about that I think is going to have serious ramifications for the future. We get to see a little bit in Bridgerton, like Shonda Rhimes has been really smart of strategically picking pieces of history to make this timeline feel like it has some kind of logic to it. Mm -hmm. But... If the queen dies, now that it's, like, been declared this experiment, how, how, like, I assume that in Shonda Land world, this has been a solidified thing. But Mm -hmm. there is the the possibility of after the king dies that then things kind of slip into chaos a little bit. I, so as far as the great experiment is concerned, I don't know that they will because her children are there and then in charge and they are also mixed race. Right. I did notice a lot of them have her beauty mark and it makes me so happy. Oh, I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that. A lot of, a lot of them have her beauty mark and I'm like, oh, (laughs) I got so excited, like stupidly excited about it. I love the small details. I am here for the small details. Mm-hmm. I'm also here for the, the lines in this script. Like, don't get me wrong. The line, um, you are the bane of my existence and the object of all my desires is one that I will hold near and dear to my heart forever. But the, I will stand between you in the heavens. Um, no. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. It was so fucking good. I will tell you where you are. Oh, it was oh. so good. The, the, the thing about that though again just going back to we know the outcome is those lines or those moments where young charlotte is like taking reins over his like health Mm -hmm. made it feel like they could have a happy ending like maybe he's gonna come out of it with her but you know that doesn't happen so it was almost just so sad and bittersweet when some of those lines came up Mm because i was just like but it doesn't work I had to keep it's not enough for my own mental health. I had to keep reminding myself that they do have happy times together. Yes. They have 15 children. I had to keep thinking that too. I was like, okay, there's 15 babies in between. So, which my god, right? Like, you Dear poor god. woman, right? Did you get a fucking break ever? Uh, not between at least 
uh, little Georgie and the, whoever the second one is because she was pregnant when they were celebrating the birth Immediately. of her mm-hmm. son. But also getting back to like the lines thing, like while there were amazing like romantic lines, this had some of the most amazing comedic lines. Yeah, the, there's Violet with her like garden in bloom. But then I'm going to use this in my life. I guarantee it. The sorrows, sorrows, sorrows prayers. prayers. Yes. <laughs> sorrows, sorrows, prayers. prayers. Um, sorrows, prayers. I also just like the when Brimsley leaves Reynolds at the when they're prepping for the ball and he's like, I'm walking away. <laughs> yeah. like, I love that. <laughs> oh, my God. It was so good. I was just like, I, I, there are humorous moments, but I don't think there's like quite as much of the comedic element as there is in this season and the other two like i just it was so good sometimes well and just like all of the i think the dialogue was very purposeful um but Mm -hmm. also very poetic like when lord ledger Mm -hmm. and lady danbury were walking and he was saying like it takes time but eventually you'll see the things that are not there as much as you see the things that are there and i was like oh so much poetry old man Well, and really even when he finally when he does come to her and he's like, I'm I can't come in. I'm not staying. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm like, that was really none of us uh, believe you, sir. None of us at all. It was definitely getting me like, oh, oh. Yeah. and I was like, how are you delivering the like tamest of lines and making me like heart palpitate right now? I know. <laughs> you uh, excuse me, sir. George gave me flutterbys and any other His thing. smile. My oh, God. Where got, are they finding these men? He's got There's such a, like a just, it's almost a little self, like a self-deprecating smile a little bit is what yeah. I see. I'm just like, oh, I just want to. Oh my God. <sighs> Seriously. There must be something in the water that they're like, we will find the hottest of people. But the <laughs> acting, the acting was so good. It was so good. It was amazing. So good. And not uh. and, and even the like non-romantic acting, like the guy who played Lord Danbury, he got it right. Yes. Yep. Sure did. Knocked that shit out of the park, man. Yeah. Because like there's a part of you that pities him, but there's an even bigger part of you that's like, ugh, ugh. <sighs> get away from me. And that would be so Hate. difficult as an actor brought into this show Mm -hmm. especially playing queen charlotte and agatha danbury and even young violet like you have to play characters that we already know and some of them are very well like established in their character yep and loved yeah Uh right if you fuck this up we're gonna be furious well and, and then not to keep coming back around to my favorite but brimsley My God, like you knew immediately who he was Uh before he was introduced. But at the same time, you were like, "Um, holy shit, do I care about you now? Like, what the fuck? Why do I like you? He gave him so much depth Mm -hmm. instead of him just being the queen's henchman. Oh, man. She asks him about his family and he's like, you know, he said something about like, how would I ever have a family and everything? I'm like, but you have Reynolds. Where is Reynolds? Well, he says, I can't remember the exact phrasing, but it's something to the effect of we're all here to serve the king. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah. And because of that, you don't get to be with your boy Reynolds. And I'm very upset. I know. (laughs) Because I I really do believe that like Reynolds would stick with the king Mm -hmm. until his dying breath. So if he can't be with the queen, Reynolds is right there taking care of business. 
So what is the theory then? Just that the, their station and the work that they had to do pulled them apart or that they didn't want to risk it anymore or well the king is not always living in the same house as the queen yeah and so what i assume is at some point i mean we see in season one that he gets violent right Mm -hmm. and that's maybe why we don't see him in season two the guy that i think might be reynolds sure at some point he got violent to the point where he actually hurt the queen and he wouldn't want that right so it between the people who could control the situation and maybe even the king himself they decide he needs to be elsewhere because we cannot have him killing the queen well hurting the queen in season two he has like a whole like wing of buckingham house essentially Mm -hmm. that is just his now and we're supposed to get it completely locked down for the wedding for Anthony and and um, Edwina. Edwina, Edwina, thank you. For Anthony and Edwina's wedding, they it was supposed to be locked down mm-hmm. um, because she didn't want any surprises. She didn't want anyone to disturb him. I don't think like in that season, it makes it seem like she didn't want anybody to discover him. I think like looking back now that I've seen Queen Charlotte, I think she didn't want anyone to see him because it would upset him. Sure. It's right. kind of what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. Well, and I think that it's after that incident that they must have moved him to Q. Yeah. Probably. I would assume. Because, yeah. I would assume so. Because yeah. I think in, he was staying in Buckingham House until then. Mm-hmm. Well, and you could see how much it hurt her. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Like, she was, she was devastated when he came in. And so one of the people who responded to the TikTok that I put up with my theory that mm-hmm. Um, Reynolds is just off taking care of the king. They they commented something along the lines of, okay, well, why wasn't he there, you know, to go retrieve the king? But what we see of the king is he's not dressed, right? So I think he, they probably thought he was, like, safe asleep, doing, like, just doing his thing. And the fireworks went off and he was like, I'm up! And he, like, throws on his wig, throws on his coat, and is like, I'm going. I think they surprised him. And that's probably also why they moved him to Q. Mm -hmm. Well, that is an interesting point because uh, uh, him moving to Q that late in in just, like, the overall timeline. Because we don't know when Reynolds and Brimsley were pulled apart. It Mm -hmm. literally could have happened a couple of years before. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the question is, okay, well, why isn't he, you know, at... For the dance scene, why can't he get away? Brimsley was sent away. Once again, I don't think that the king can be left alone Mm-mm. with the queen anymore. No. So the queen might be able to dismiss Brimsley, but I think that Reynolds is like she right there in case things go wrong Reynolds, again. Yeah. Yeah. Because like when she goes into the room, she dismisses everybody to like let her be alone with her husband and everything. I have absolutely no doubt in my mind that Reynolds was standing right outside the door listening Mm -hmm. and ready to interrupt if he posed any danger Mm -hmm. to Queen Charlotte. Because I think at this point he has become a little dangerous towards really anyone, but mostly towards her because she brings up a lot of emotions. Well, and that also Mm -hmm. probably means that because Reynolds is older now as well, Mm -hmm. that Reynolds has his own kind of, I would assume, like guards that like that know the truth and are also there to Mm -hmm. help Mm -hmm. stop the king if there is an incident. Well, and Reynolds right. can't be on duty 24-7. Right. He can't. No. He has to sleep himself. Right. And right. so, like, he, I'm I'm betting that there's people on guard mm-hmm. of the king 24 hours a day. 
which there would be normally, but these guards would have to know the situation and yeah. know how to and how deal to handle with him yeah. without hurting him. For and what, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, this is sort of a tangent. In his conversations, the first two seasons of Bridgerton, he uses the nickname Lottie. Yeah, but he we, does never call her that. And I was really hoping that they would establish that in this uh this setting because it's like well when did he start calling her that and why is that his go-to in his current state yeah he does call her lottie in the first season of bridgerton when he like he walks into he's like hello lottie and like he's having a semi-lucid moment Mm -hmm. and then he freaks out and i was kind of waiting for that too i wanted him even just like an end moment where like he when she tells him she's pregnant again be like oh lottie and you know just something but i thought it did Mm -hmm. come up once but I don't remember hearing it. I don't remember I'm hearing wrong. it either. And I was kind of waiting for it because I was like, he called right. her Lottie when he was older. Maybe I need to watch it again. Shocker. He called I'll her watch Lottie too when, <laughs> in season two at the wedding when he bursts in. Yep. Sort of like bangs her. Lottie, are you going to step in and like get these men away from me? Which now breaks my heart so much more because that was her job. Mm-hmm. She is the one who steps in and says, no, don't touch my husband. Right. Yep. And I'm like, oh. God, the way he looks at her. It's so heartbreaking. <laughs> I thought it did come up, but maybe I am just remembering those scenes. It would also make sense for that not to happen yet, though, because they haven't been together long enough for him to have a cute nickname for her. It's true. I name. mean, at the end of the younger time, they have only been together for like a little over a year at that point. And yeah. They didn't spend a lot of that together. <laughs> and what they did spend of that time together was pure fucking. Oh, yeah. they And a lot of it hate fucking. I love some. <laughs> hate fucking's hot fucking. Just saying. <laughs> that dinner scene. Oh. <laughs> oh, man. But even like their first night together was really sweet. Here's the line. Uh, she's like, uh, I think I made a mistake in putting this on. It has too many buttons. And he's like, I'm good with buttons. I was like, sir, <laughs> calm down. I just <laughs> liked when he was, things. when he asked her, do you know what, what's going to happen? And she's like, yeah, I've seen pictures or seen drawings. Like, yes. <laughs> and it's because Lady Danbury I know. drew her charcoals out. And then she did that to her children. Yep. Yes, when she's scolding them and she's like, I drew you pictures. What part of it's confusing? <laughs> I appreciate that she told her daughters what to expect. Yes. Right. Completely fi- flies in the face of what Violet did. I know. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. I mean, we could talk about this forever, I feel like. Indeed. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make us wrap it up. So... With that in mind, let's start um, with the spice. Liz, your thoughts, your score, your feelings. My feelings. I yeah, talk about your feelings. I feel like this is another two buddy for me. There were some good uh, montages of spice, but like everybody was mostly clothed. Actually, did you guys notice that the women were pretty much always clothed, but the men were always butt naked, yeah. ass in the air? George has a nice Yes, butt. and I was literally just about to say that. <laughs> I like to stare also at Also, Brimsley. Good butt on Brimsley. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Reynolds didn't have a bad one either. No, he did not. He did not. There, I mean, in some ways, their sex scenes were even steamier, mm-hmm. even though we got way less of them. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Because we wanted them more. It's, it's, there's more tension for sure. Yeah. yeah. Danny, what do you got? I think for mine, I'm going to go up to a 2.5 solely because of the dinner fuck scene. That one was good. 
That's fair. I was like, oh, <laughs> all the poor men that are forced to stand there, please let them go. I think I'm going to go with a 2.5 also, but my reasoning is just the quantity. Because, like, we're ignoring the sex that we didn't enjoy, a.k.a. Lady Danbury. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The whole situation. But there was just a lot, a lot of sex in this There one. was indeed. Okay, so what about your romance then? I'm going to give this one a solid four. I feel really good about it. I almost would go a little bit higher, but the like I just wanted more. You know what I mean? Like this mm-hmm. comes back to I didn't want to see the repeat of stuff that had already happened. I wanted to see more of everything. I'm also going to go with a four, partly because of the quantity. Like there were multiple like love interests and even like mm-hmm. short little ones and long ones. And then obviously the queen and the king for their entirety. I agree with a four, honestly. I I mainly am like, Reynolds, I want that relationship forever. Right? I just want an entire oh. season that's... Just let them be happy, All right? of the Bridgerton-like stories, but told from Brimsley and Reynolds' perspective. Oh, fuck yeah. Or or even if it's not just, like, from Brimsley and Reynolds' perspective, the, the helps yes. perspective. Yes, absolutely. Like, I want all of that. I, I want all the, like harassment that Eloise did to servants in the, in the first season from their perspective like just Jesus Christ what are these Bridgertons I know <laughs> I I want to know what what's going on in uh, I can't remember the her name but um Lady Featherington's lady-in-waiting oh, oh yeah. what the fuck is her yeah I don't remember her name she's so funny oh, she's so funny she's like so casually funny in the background <laughs> And, like, we see so little of her. I want so much more. Mm -hmm. But obviously, primarily, I want Brimsley and Reynolds. Yes. Yeah. I am in love with them. I also want Mm -hmm. the footman that takes Eloise on her little secret night rides. Is it John? The hot footman, John. Yes. Oh, my God. What is your life? Um, I'm just like... Eloise, I get that you like the shop boy, but you need to look at your foot. Right now, right? I was like, oh, look at him. Look how pretty he is. Forget the, he is forget so... the shop man. Go with the go with him. And and like seems like maybe he even kind of likes her. Yeah, I, I Am I crazy? Too. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, what was your overall for Queen Charlotte then? I'm going with a four. I loved it so much. Wiggles. I'm gonna go with a four point five. Okay. I'm also gonna go with a four. Um, I think it's just because it was so short. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. I, like you said, I need more. I need more. Mm-hmm. It's a fix. And now I need more. Yeah. So what are your recommendations? I have one. Is it just going to be the other Bridgertons? Hey, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why you got to call me out like that, bitch? I don't know. <laughs> just kidding. I love you. I was actually going to suggest Marie Antoinette. The movie? Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, cause it, it just has a lot of the same, um, themes involved, a lot of the pressure to have a child and the point of view from the Royal side and her showing up, like really knowing nothing about what she is getting into sure. and everything. I just, I get kind of, uh, the same ish vibe a little bit from it. Gotcha. Gotcha. Wiggles, do you have one? So I think that if you like this, you really, really, really should watch Austin Land. And it's going to seem kind of like a left fielder, but hear me out on this one. So the premise of this movie is that, and I would love for us to talk about this one because it's the funniest fucking thing because Jennifer Coolidge is can do no wrong. She's hilarious in this. But the premise of it is that the 
Siri Russell is the lead in it. And she goes to this camp for adults, essentially, that puts you in the world of Austin. And like the the modern meeting this former time period and like talking about the mannerisms and like what's okay and what's not, because a lot of what happens in that is like they'll talk about the rules. Like um, there's one point where she's like, a man and a woman cannot be in each other alone in each other's company unless they're in motion. And so, like, the joke is that they have to, like, run down the hall <laughs> in order to spend time with each other. And then, like, there's this fantastic sequence where they're, like, playing the pianoforte. And it's the humor is very similar to the humor that I see in this. And so I think that if you like the comedy parts of it, Austin Land is the way to go. So, yeah. So I'm going to say if you liked the drama in it, you should Mm -hmm. watch The Empress on Netflix. Um, It is the story of the Austrian Empress Elizabeth and Emperor Franz in the 1800s, I want to say. Don't quote me on that. Okay. Uh, But it's very much like she like immediately falls in love with him and then is whisked away to be the Empress. But he is like also in love with her, but sometimes is too busy for her. And there's like a lot of court drama and she's trying to learn how to be the empress when it kind of seems like all she really wants to do is just be in love with Franz. So I would highly suggest that it is in German, though, but it is dubbed into English and I think like 14 languages. But I don't know how well the dubbing is because I've been watching it in German with subtitles. Nice. Yeah, but it's really good so far. Okay, that's it, guys. We did it. We talked about oh Queen Charlotte. Woo! Um, oh. And it was a great time. So, folks, if you liked our episode, please go out on to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening and give us uh, five stars. Five stars would be nice. Yes, um, <laughs> depending on where you're listening. Shameless plug. I know. Depending where you're listening, <laughs> throw throw a, a comment, a rating on there, or a, whatever the fuck it is on there. Uh, leave a note. Let us know what you liked. Um, follow us all on the socials at Wrong Jackets or Wrong Dusk Jackets. And check out our website at wrongdustjackets.com. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all. Bye now. Bye. Bye.